Welcome back. You are listening to the Restoring the Day show. I am your host, Susan Shannon. Welcome back. Mary Catherine Starr from Mom Life Comics is here on the podcast. And my dear friend, Tori, whom you guys met back in episode one of this second season. We are all three of us here on the podcast today, which is so exciting. Say hi, everybody. Hi. (laughs) Mary Catherine Starr, creator of Mom Life Comics, is an artist and a content creator who has made her way creating such relevant pieces of content for specifically us moms. And I can't wait to talk to you today because you really hit it on the head when you started really putting it out into the world and creating Mom Life Comics in 2021. The world of mothers just showed up for you and said, yes, you're explaining how we're feeling. We are resonating with what you are saying. And I can't wait to dive in. I mean, we have topics You share a lot about um, role inequality in the home, activism for women, but also just standing up for women and families in general. And you're going to talk more about that. But if you are a parent, if you are a mom, if you are a woman, you need to be here right now for this conversation. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, Go ahead, Mary Catherine, and just introduce yourself. Yeah. So thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you all. Um, yeah. So as you said, you know, I started Mom Life Comics. Well, I started making comics in January of 2020. So um, the first couple comics I made were just kind of a fun little illustration I put up on my own personal Instagram feed. Um, I was a like a, I'm a yoga teacher and a graphic designer, and I had a blog for about 10 years. So I already had like a very, very small, just kind of personal account, but it was a place where I shared a lot about my journey and my experience. And so my first couple comics were just um, illustrations I made for that. Uh, and they were a way for me just to kind of dabble and like, oh, I'm going to like make something playful to, to share with my audience. And um, they really resonated with people, you know, and then the pandemic hit <laughs> and then um, they became a really fun creative outlet for me. It was like, you know, I was like losing my mind as we all were. And so I would be like lock myself in my office. And if I didn't have like a ton of work, or even if I did, I might stop and like make a little comic first um, to kind of get that out of my system. And to it was just kind of a way to vent about how hard things were. Um, so yeah, so that really took off. And I, I did those for about a year um, on just on my personal feed. And then I started Mom Life Comics, um, well, maybe a year and a half later in, in July, 2021. Um, and as they say, the rest is history. You know, it's just, it's been a really fun journey. And I know we'll get into it, but um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of how I, how I got to this point where I'm here talking to you. I love it. Yes. I want to ask how that transition went from, from going on your personal page to just going like, let's, this is clearly resonating with other people just like me. So let's put it out there. But before we do that, um, a little context for why the three of us are so excited to be here is I remember Tori, you had just had your first kiddo and you sent me this Instagram post (laughs) by Mary Catherine. And you were like, she nailed it. Check this out. This is exactly what you and I have been talking about, et cetera, et cetera. And so we found a connection just through both resonating with your post. So Tori. Yeah. So it was, I was home on maternity leave. And so like, of course you kind of, you know, your Instagram kind of uh caters to what you're looking at and like throws a bunch of more parenting things at you and so I was just lucky that it kind of just popped up and I was like oh yeah because that first kid right for us we're adjusting to new roles in the home things like that and we had conversations but like you're just never ready for that and um I feel like I was had those feelings of frustration of like I'm you know like doing all the things and I'm like I've only gotten three hours of sleep. Like I just, you know, I'm what's going on here. And, you know, trying to talk about it with my partner was like, you know, sometimes felt like it was in one year, not the other. And it was just really nice to have someone understand that and to know, like, I think 
that time is so sensitive, like when you're first home with your baby, that you feel really isolated sometimes. And to like have somebody be like, this is what every mom is going through, even though we don't necessarily all see each other was really um, just encouraging. So uh, yeah, that was, that was my, and it's funny, right? Like, I don't know, like the way that you present it is, is so, you know, approachable and relatable and, and quick, right. You don't have to like read a whole article about it. It's just like, yeah, I think that's there it is. And yeah, that's yep. one of the things that for me was so, I feel like is so wonderful about social media and the internet, but also is so hard, which is, I think another reason I made these comics is because it's like, we have so much information and it's so overwhelming and it makes you feel like you're doing everything wrong. And so like 100%. a lot of, I mean, obviously, you know, my work talks a lot more about like inequality in the household, but a big part of it for me too, is like this feeling of just always being feeling like I'm not doing enough or failure or guilt, you yeah. know? And I think that that's another big theme that I try to talk about, but, yeah. but I think that we're all feeling. And so mm-hmm. I think that's another reason that, you know, we're all looking for that connection online of someone being like, Hey, I feel that way too. And I also feel like this is way too much and overwhelming and, yes. and, or maybe I feel like I suck at it. Like, do right. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Yeah. What are some of like your most popular pieces of content or what's the subject matter? Like what really resonated most with people right away where you noticed like, wow, yeah, people need this. Well, I think, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's obvious for anybody who's seen my work, but like the stuff that I put up about my husband, um, Mm -hmm. about, you know, and I try to present it as, you know, with the background of that, you know, I really love him. We have a great relationship. He's a wonderful father. And before we were, before we had kids, when we were married, everything felt very equal, (laughs) you know, and then something happened along the way once we had kids and became parents and here's where we are and, and look at these ridiculous things that either, you know, he's doing or that are making me feel this way, or, um, you know, look at what he's not, um, aware of that's happening in the house. Right. So it's, it's, it's the content that kind of points out the inequality, but I think what makes it maybe more different or more relatable is that's very personalized. So it's like these little anecdotes from my life um, that I think, you know, at the time when I first started creating this, I thought they were just like, they were just like more like funny stories about my life. But then I realized very quickly, like, oh, we are all married to the same person. Well, those of us who are, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. not all of us, but many of us who are in a heterosexual marriage um, are married to us, the same person who's doing these exact same things, like unloading the dishwasher and putting the, the Tupperware right above the Tupperware cabinet, right? Like, why are they all doing this? I don't know, but they are. So there's certain things like that, that I think those kind of really personal stories that felt really relatable that I didn't expect to be as relatable as they were are kind of, I think what, what strike a chord most with people. And then of course, you know, as I've explored other topics, like anything having to do with guilt, um, you know, with mom guilt, as we call it, or, you know, anxiety as a mom, that kind of stuff is also really, um, you know, I say popular, but, but, you know, it's, it's most shared, but I, I, you know, I think without a doubt, anytime I share something about my, my marriage and the, the kind of funky, imbalance in our house or the things my husband does that drive me crazy or whatever, that's what always takes off right away. And um, so clearly there's, this is, you know, an issue and a hot topic for a lot of moms. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Quick rabbit trail, because this is, a, you noticed how everything felt equal in your home as partners until children. I mean, listeners everywhere right now are going like, ah, yeah, and what's up with that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that, I think Tori and I, too, we're both looking at each other, like nodding, like, what is it that that is like this magic cutoff line that suddenly, you know, you can go from career woman or whatever you, other roles, whatever hats you wear, you have a baby and you instantly go into like that mom and housewife and, and not for everybody, I'm sure there's people, you know. But for a lot of people, we noticed that shift and we didn't maybe plan on that shift or maybe want that shift to happen, but it happened. And so now couples are kind of trying to work their way back to that equality that they want. Does that sound right? Am I hitting this? I think so. Do you, Terry? I mean, that's that's definitely my experience. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And definitely what you talk about of like just total unawareness, right? Like, cause we had conversations about like, how are we going to split things and like, what's going to happen? Like, I feel like we're pretty, um, 
we tried to be prepared and like we were the same things are fairly equal in our house before we both worked we both took care of dinner like we both did all the things um and so I didn't I wasn't really overly worried but then all of a sudden it's like boom and he's like what I'm doing things I'm doing all these things and I'm like but you're but but yeah (laughs) they're just like this intangible thing that you're trying to explain and it's just like you just can't it's it's and you're so tired it's hard to explain it too but um but yeah I, yeah definitely that's been my experience well not to not to always make everything about laundry but <laughs> i'm going to talk about laundry which is something i talk about a lot on my instagram feed. Yes. but for me laundry is a perfect example of all of this because before we had kids i did my laundry and my husband did his laundry right mm-hmm. and that's just how it always was like we didn't do laundry together whatever. It was just like, you know, we've been together for 18 years. That was never a thing. We just separate laundry. Um, and then we had kids and without ever discussing it, without it even being something we thought of because laundry was even in our house. So why would that be something to talk about? Right. But then all of a sudden I found myself doing all the kids laundry and all my laundry. And so with one little baby, maybe that's not a big deal. Right. So it was like, Oh yeah, I'll just throw her tiny socks and onesies in with my stuff. You know, I'm the one who's home more. So that makes sense. But then it snowballs. Then all of a sudden it's like, as she gets bigger, then there's more stuff. And then there's all the, you know, the wet sheets from her crib at night if she leaks. And then there's all the, you know, eating stuff that then starts to be more with the bibs and the, you know, washcloths. And then you get into, now I have two kids. So now I'm doing, and now they're older and now they have tons of clothes and they're changing clothes multiple times a day. So you go from this place where it's like, oh, we each do our own laundry to now I'm doing seven loads a week right? Mm -hmm. Or eight or whatever. And now also somehow I'm in charge of folding and putting all those away because I'm the one doing them. And he's still just doing his laundry, which frankly, he still can't stay on top of, right? So he thinks he's overwhelmed with laundry, (laughs) right? Because like he also works a lot and he also has a lot of laundry, but like my laundry is exponentially more than his and he can't see that. And he's not seeing it, right? Because it's invisible. It happens when I'm working from home and he's out at work. So he doesn't see it except for that it piles up in our room because I can't fold it, right? So like for me, I mean, I, I talk a lot about laundry a lot because for me, it's very symbolic. It's like, it, it's a, a tangible example of the mental load of how sneakily we went from like laundry was equal to like all of a sudden I have an overwhelming amount of laundry that I'll never be able to stay on top of because I also work full time, but I'm just happen to be home. Right. So it's like, it's for me, that's a great example of this. And I think that happens at least in our household that happened with like everything that used to be equal. You know, we used to do all our grocery shopping together. Now I do most of the grocery shopping. We used to, you know, do all of our meal planning together now, because I'm the one who's home more. I have slowly become the one who does it for the kids, right? He still makes like our food, but I make all the kids. So, you know, for me, it's just like, it, it, it's this, this slow with, slippage into this place where I'm doing way more and he doesn't even realize it because he's not seeing it. And we never talked about it because we weren't expecting that to happen. So I think mm-hmm. for people who are equal-minded and who are, you know, both feminists, I mean, I, I feel like my husband is a feminist. I'm a feminist. Like we, mm-hmm. we both believe that in, in household equality, and yet like here we are and now we're having to backtrack and it's, we're having to fight to get like I'm having to fight, <laughs> but I mean, fight him. I'm seeing like, I'm having to work really hard in our house to like stop these imbalances from continuing. So I feel like you explained that really well, possibly the <laughs> best I've ever heard that explained. Um, yeah, that that slow slippage. I'm having aha moments listening to you explain that like, oh yeah. Like they don't see it because we are living it, but it's just a slow, like like you said, you add the socks and onesies, no big deal. Then all of a sudden it's the sheets, then it's the bibs, then it's all the big kid clothes. And then, you know, they still can't like maybe fold it. <laughs> so then it's you. And I laughed so hard when you said not to make it all about laundry because um, that's hilarious because you do, you bring up the laundry topic a lot, but it's always relatable because a lot of times I'll literally see your post in a moment where I have like three baskets of laundry in front of me. And I'm sure that's a lot of people. (laughs) And I think, you know, not, you know, it's not laundry for everybody. Some people are like, oh, dishes are my laundry. I love the laundry, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, but everyone has their thing in their house that they can't stay on top of. And that is a physical visual reminder of the mental load of motherhood. And so for me, that's Mm -hmm. laundry. For other people, it's other things, you know, and and a lot of moms will be like, am I crazy? Because I love laundry. And I'm like, no, you can love, you know, love whatever household task you love. It's not about that. It's about like the visible reminder that it's never done. 
and that it's that. all on you, you know? And yeah. so that for lawn, for me, that's laundry, but for other people, it's going to be other things. I love that. Tori loves laundry. So I do. I'm one of those. <laughs> yes. And that's okay. I'm happy for you. Congratulations. It's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> what is that reminder for you, Tori? What is that visual? Maybe if you want to share. I, um, I think for me, it's more like the like house project stuff or like, um, groceries can be that for me sort of like oh my gosh we have nothing in the house to eat <laughs> we had to go to the store again you know yeah. like that's just like something and like the meal planning I that was really tough for a while and then we just were like no I'm done with that like we're gonna get like a meal kit plan and how it's sent to the house because I just can't do this like I it's too much so that's and I feel guilty about not cooking dinner more like from scratch, right? Because it's like, you know, I should be meal planning and getting home and making dinner, but I work 10 hour days. I can't do that. And so like just saying, this is something I have to let go and I can't make all my kids food from scratch, which I would have loved to do because like, you know, I want them to have the healthiest food, but no, it's just, you got to let it go. That's the thing. I think you also bring up another great point, which is that, you know, it's even for many of us, and this is something I talk about in my work too, is like, for many of us, even when we decide, okay, I'm making this decision for our family, for myself to like, let go of this thing, right? Like I'm going to outsource this or I'm going to delegate it or whatever. We still carry it within us. And I think because of, you know, there's many reasons for everybody that are different, but like for the most of us, it's like a kind of a cultural societal, maybe we learned it from our family. Maybe we learned it from media expectation that that is the mother's job. So if you decide to get a meal service, if you decide to pay someone to make your food, if you decide to do chicken nuggets, whatever you decide to do to make your life easier, most moms are still carrying some sort of internal dialogue about that, telling them that they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I think because our society doesn't have those same expectations for dads, they're not. Like my husband before we had kids was said he was going to, he was like, he's always been the person who cooks most of our food. He's our cook. It's great. But, um, he was going to make all the baby food. He wanted, he wanted to make. And I was like, that seems like maybe something we shouldn't like plan on. Cause we're already overwhelmed. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going to make all the baby food myself. And da, da, da. And then like within, you know, like two weeks introducing salads, he's done making baby food. And then I'm carrying around the guilt <laughs> yeah. of like, well, somebody's got to make this homemade baby food. Cause that's what we said we were going to do. I'm like, we can't, you know? And so He's done. He's so guilt about it. He's he, oh, he didn't even. And in fact, he probably forgot a week later that he even said he'd ever make baby food. Like, who cares? <laughs> I am now making the baby food that I wasn't even going to make homemade in the first place, but because it was something we decided to do, and now it's my job, and now I'm feeling guilty about it. And somehow it's you know, it's like I feel like there's there's my husband's able to let go of stuff that we can't do anymore and be done with it because there's no expectation that it's his job. But I'm I still carry it around with me, and I think. That happens. I so many moms who write to me say like, "Oh well, I've just, I've, you know, maybe this is horrible, but I've stopped folding laundry, or maybe this is horrible, but like we do chicken nuggets five days a week." I know I'm a horrible mom, and it's like, I just don't think that men have those same feelings about themselves being like a failure or being horrible if they don't do the thing that like is supposed to happen. And I'm saying that in quotes because it's totally not, but like that they think they should ha- that should happen to you know raise happy, healthy kids. Yeah. You, oh, you have such, I love those stories there too, from people writing in. And on that Mm -hmm. note, what are some of the most memorable, most comical, whatever kind of responses that you've been getting from people resonating? And then I want to hear more too, because like this last year, I know you, things got a little, you talked about how you got some really negative content or comments and you really had a lot to work through. So like, let's start with some of the, you know, what are some of the best ones? Or maybe you want to start with, uh, with that whole thing about that was a lot. And honestly, it was during that time too, that I think I was like, oh, I really want to have her on the podcast because I feel like she's handling this like a champ. So if as much as you're willing to share, just you you got really nailed to the wall with some with some haters, we'll call them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe let's start there if you want. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so what what happened for anybody who doesn't know, which is probably a lot of people um, listening, but I um I put up a post. Um, it was an old post. It was from 2020 before I even had mom life comics. And I'd already shared it to mom life comics once like a year ago. 
but it was just a, a picture of me and my husband looking at um, a peach, a fresh peach on the counter, a comic of this. And it said, one of the many differences between me and my husband. And I'm looking at the peach and I'm saying, oh, look, a ripe, the last ripe peach. I'll save it for the kids. They love peaches so much. And my husband's looking at the peach and he says, oh, look, the last ripe peach. I'll put it in my daily smoothie. So my husband, just for the record, does this all the time. He puts our like ripe, fresh, expensive fruit in his smoothies, which like to me is we have frozen fruit. It's, it's insane to me. It's like the biggest waste of money in fresh fruit when our kids love it. Like, and he knows this and it's like a whole joke in our house where he'll, you know, I made this comic again in 2020 and he saw it and died laughing. And every time now there's a peach, he's like, oh, I'll put it in my smoothie. And it's become like a joke between us about how he like does this stupid thing that makes no sense. Right. So like that background is it's already, we've worked through this. We've talked about this. Like it's a funny joke in our house. And the first time I posted it and the second time, I got so many people saying similar things, right? Like my husband always eats the last blank that I've saved for the kids. But also mom's saying, hey, you should eat that peach. If you love peaches, don't save it for the kids, right? So like I put this comic up for a third time and it was because it was peach season. And I was like, oh, bringing back this old favorite because it's peach season. I thought nothing of it. I got the same comments I usually do, which is like, hey, moms, eat the peach. And also, oh my gosh, my head doesn't that too. It drives me crazy, right? So like that's the... That's this comic, right? This comic is saying like moms are too self-sacrificial and like we should eat the peach every once in a while. And also dads need to think about the kids a little bit more. And again, I, I need to say this, not all dads, right? But like for a lot of us and for me, this is my my account where I'm talking about my experience. My husband and I have talked about this is a common thing in our house, right? He doesn't think about what the kid, I mean, he eats the leftovers of everything all the time that I'm saving for the kids. So <laughs> all of that background being said, that was the context of this comic. It had been up for like a week or two. I It was gone. Like it was in my feed. It was an old comic. Someone on Twitter, I'm not on Twitter, on purpose. Someone on Twitter posted the comic. Someone who did not like my comic posted that comic, I guess with a couple others saying, basically saying like I'm sexist and my humor is like boomer humor. And that like, this isn't how relationships are anymore. Like I'm sexist for saying that. And also like he, well, it, it got taken way out of context. So then all these people, all these primarily white men, but men of all kinds started sharing the comic and saying, you know, like, why can't this guy eat the peach that he paid for? She's just sitting at home making comics. Why, you know, he bought the peach, he should eat it. And then it became this whole thing about how like, I guess people took it out of context and, and added, it became like a meme where people were making me say different things and acting like, Acting like I was this hysterical, nagging woman who was like, my husband can't eat any fruit in our house, even though he bought it, quote unquote, which like wow. we both work, whatever, outside of the home. But even if we didn't, that wouldn't matter. So it went viral um, with the understanding that like I'm a horrible wife and person. And it got picked up by like all the women, woman hating man groups, but also many other groups, including like young people, like, I mean, I had 13, 14 year olds coming to like troll me, like 13, 14 year old boys um, saying like, just get a divorce already. So basically the whole internet on Twitter, a certain, a certain part of Twitter decided that like, I'm an abusive wife for making this comic. And for my other comics that say anything about my husband, that's not positive that um, we should be divorced. If we're not divorced now, we will be soon. You know, it's just like, they just got, so I started getting just like hundreds and thousands thousands and thousands really of, of messages. People were emailing me personally. People were DMing me. People were commenting on all my old posts saying really horrible things. They found my personal account, started commenting on things in my children. I got emails telling me I should kill myself. Um, people started email, a divorce lawyer emailed my husband's personal email to ask him if he needed help getting a divorce from me. Um, people were commenting on his business stuff. I mean, it got like out of control. Like people were found my old blog posts, my old YouTube yoga videos. I mean, it was like nothing I could have ever imagined happening, especially for a comic about a peach. Like I've had way more controversial comics. I've talked a lot about being, you know, pro women's rights and pro abortion. And like, there's a lot of other stuff I've talked about that I would think would send the trolls to me. Um, it, you know, and I never expected to be this one. So it was, um, really scary for a couple of days. And then it, I got kind of used to it, unfortunately. And um, I was able to kind of formulate, you know, my thoughts and and start kind of talking publicly about it a little bit. But um, 
my read of the whole thing now, not to go on and on about this, but my read oh, of the whole do. thing now is that <laughs> um, is, is, is that there are two groups of people who I think saw this. I think there are men who truly don't feel comfortable with a woman saying anything negative about men, right? There's there's that camp who's like, no matter what a woman or a mother especially says, if it's not a thousand percent positive, if it's not, you know, I'm so lucky, I love my life. If there's anything negative in there, she's a horrible nagging, whatever, you know, and, and she abusive, whatever you want to call it. I mean, people took it really extreme, but like, okay, so there's that side, I think. And those, I don't really have any time for those people. Like you can hate women all you want. You can hate mothers. You can think that, you know, we are very one-dimensional. Okay. Like they don't bother me. The place that was hard for me to, to wrap my head around was a lot of the younger people. And I had a, not just young boys, but I had like young women too, like in their teens, um, coming and saying horrible things to me. And I think that they're, I mean, I, I don't really know, but I think that that part of what happened there is I think the next generation, at least this is what I hope, that the next generation is way less, um, I don't know, way less separate or they maybe they have way more equality and that that they can't possibly understand. Like my humor does come across as boomer, antiquated boomer humor to them because hopefully because there's so much more fluid in this generation and because there's not such clear societal expectations of men and women. At least this is what I hope. Maybe my my work does seem very out of context or out of date for them. Um, you know, I don't know. I want to, I'll wait and see, right? Like a lot of them, I want to say like, well, maybe come back to me when you're a parent. You know, like right now you're 18. Like yeah. maybe come back to me when you have two kids and like you're in your thirties and maybe things won't be so equal in your house and you'll understand finally. But also I hope they're not. I hope that your generation is more involved than us. I hope that you don't slip back into these same old, um, gender norms that we've somehow slipped into despite knowing better, you know? So I think that was the hardest part for me was like seeing these young people who were, I mean, you know, trolling people is also just, I don't understand that, but I think it's also a generational thing where it's like, they all just are much more used to like bullying people online. Um, but yeah, so I think, you know, it's, I'm still unpacking all of the reasons it struck such a chord. Um, but it did. And, um, I still think that my my community, the people I'm speaking to, the people I really care about connecting with, and the and the reason that I keep making these comics, they get it. And if anything, they were just more um, encouraged to to kind of keep saying like, "Yes, uh, me too," because I think that we we know that this is important to talk about. And if if other people, if if other generations don't see that, like I want them to see it so that they can not repeat the mistakes that we've made. <laughs> yeah. Well, and on the flip side you've got a whole movement, positive movement off of that too, of eat the damn peach. Like that whole thing is like encouraging self-care for moms. And like, that seems like that really took off too. So like, I think that was like a really, it's, I'm glad that you had both Mm -hmm. because that sounds really hard. Yeah. Um, I I mean, the eat the damn peach. So before the trolls even picked, before I even got picked up on Twitter, I'd already done eat the damn peach. Like that was already a thing because my community and the wonderful people who are talking about all this with me, we all were saying like, yeah, this comic is problematic on both Mm -hmm. sides. And so that wasn't, you know, no one was saying like, oh, these husbands are so greedy. There was, there was a like, hey, we need to also eat the damn peach for ourselves because if we're always being Mm self-sacrificial, we're giving up too much. So that was already a movement. I think that's the other thing that sucked about this whole thing was that the Twitter viral movement about this peach comic left that part out of the conversation completely. There was no part of like, I mean, of course, right. They're not going to pick the good part, but like there was no part about like, Oh, but also all these moms are feeling empowered to eat summer fruit that they never would have eaten. And they're sending thousands of pictures in, you know, Mm -hmm. of them eating strawberries or peaches or whatever that they never would have eaten. And like, still to this day, I, I, every time I go to set aside fruit for my kids, I'm like, I'm going to have some of that, you know? And it's because of the response to that comic. So yeah, a lot of good came out of it, but you're right. That that wasn't the the world at large didn't see that. Just just yeah. the people who follow me. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. That so I have to say that's probably been one of my most impactful comics. And it's actually leaked into my life. And so yeah, on the on the heels of that, eat the damn peach to me has been a big deal because I absolutely do that. You know, if there's, you know, um, five peanut butter cups left (laughs) 
you know, it's like, okay, you can each have these two and I'll have one, you know, or um, if there's, yeah, a container of fresh, beautiful strawberries, like I will cut them all and then divide them equally into two parts rather than three, you know, or whatever that looks like. And, and so seeing that, and I remember like probably, it was probably the second time you put it out that by that time I was following along. But yes, my immediate reaction was, oh, I do that. Yeah. I do that. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. And that's the thing is, I think that's why it did, every time I posted it, why it didn't strike such a chord. Because it's like, even if, okay, even if your husband's not the one like eating the last peach, like most moms are saving all the good stuff for their kids. And it's like, again, this is another example. Like before I had kids, we bought blueberries just because Ben and I liked them. And then somewhere along the way, I started buying blueberries only for the kids. I wouldn't touch the blueberries. Blueberries are for the kids. And it's like, why? Don't I still deserve blueberries now that I'm a mom? I mean, it's crazy, you know? But like, it, really is. it happens to so many people and they don't even think about it. And it's, again, it's that just like, you start to just give everything up for your kids. And I, I think it's because there's so many reasons for it. Um, but I think I think if we can start to like see that and see that it's so common and also see that like, wait, we do deserve to still have some of this. It doesn't have to be black and white. You don't have to eat all the blueberries yourself, but like you can have some too. That's like a huge shift for a lot of people. Massive shift for a lot of people. I think you nailed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's let's be a fly on the wall. Can Tori and I be a fly on the wall for a second in those conversations with your husband, with your partner? for how, because you guys have a great relationship and you guys have walked this whole journey together. So how have those conversations progressed? He said, he's a feminist, you're a feminist, we're all feminists here. As far as like how he's been supporting you and also being willing to kind of be thrown to the wolves a little bit here and there and let it roll off. Like we want to just hear how this conversation has been for you. Well, it's funny because a lot of people wonder that they're like, how is your husband okay with this? (laughs) And, um, you know, I don't really know. I tried to ask him recently for like a a subscriber video and he, he wasn't able to articulate it. And I wanted him to say more, but I think there's two ways that it's been able to happen that, that I can identify. And one is that he, has a sense, I mean, he has a really good sense of humor and he's always been really good at laughing at himself like that. I think you have to be a person like that. Like he's pretty good at like stepping back and being like, yeah, that's ridiculous. You know? And, and there'll be times I will send him a comic. So I always send him everything I put up that has him in it before I post it to make sure he's okay with it. Right. And there have been times I've sent him something and he's been like, you know, he's like died laughing. And I mean, this is all, you know, via text or something, but then he'll say like, but also you're missing and he'll like, tell me something even worse he did that I didn't even capture. Right. And I say worse as in like more ridiculous. (laughs) And so like, he's able to see himself and he is able to laugh and be like, this is crazy. Right. So like, (laughs) and even like my, my most viral comic, which is the double standards of parenting. Like when I showed him that he was like, this is so good. And he was like coming up with ideas with me. Like, so he, he agrees and he sees all of this. You know, I think there are times where I send him something and he's like, oh, that like that, ouch, like that hurts. And I'm like, okay. And we talk through it. And then like, maybe I change the comic a little so it doesn't feel so like pointed or, or we talk through it and, you know, I make sure that, you know, we, we talk through it, we deal with it. And so I never put anything up that makes him feel like it's like too personal or like mean. I don't want to, him to feel like I'm being mean. That's never my goal. You know, my goal is always to point out an inequality or um, a weird dynamic. But so I think I think ultimately, like his ability to laugh at it is is one reason that we're able to do this. Um, I think also he said this recently that he really doesn't see the comics necessarily, especially the ones that are more big picture, like as being about him. But he sees them more about being like like he's the stand in, just like I'm the stand in for like every mother, quote unquote. <laughs> he's the stand in for like every father. So he sees himself, even if it's a drawing of him. And like, yes, most of the time it's like word for word what he said. He's able to kind of see it as like, oh, well, the reason she's going to post this is because this is a big picture issue that everyone's dealing with. So I think if it was like very nitty gritty stuff that wasn't relatable, that was just like things he did that I hated, I think it would maybe be different. But because what I'm usually capturing is stuff that's like pretty well known as like a universal issue, he's able to kind of detach and be like, there's a greater good for sharing this. And or it also is really funny and like should be pointed out because it's ridiculous. So I, mean, I think he ultimately he uh just has a great sense of humor and and, and uh supports me, which is really great. 
<laughs> That's incredible. That's really it's cool. almost like a mission that you're in on it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, I do think he's had to like, especially it was one thing before the troll stuff happened. I mean, when the, when the whole peach troll thing happened, I mean, I do think that was a tough time for him and for me. I mean, it was for everybody. We were totally freaked out um, because they, it felt like such an attack. And he did say, you know, during that, like, are you sure this is worth it? Like, do you want to keep making these comics? I feel like people are coming after us and it doesn't feel good. And I was like, I agree. And no, I'm not sure I want to keep making these. Mm -hmm. Um, But the fact that there's, it's making people so angry makes me feel like there's something here, right? Like people wouldn't be so angry about it if it wasn't something ringing true. And if there wasn't such a big community behind it saying this is true, you know, like if I, if I had 10 followers, the trolls wouldn't care about me. Right. But because they saw that there's, you know, over 200,000 moms saying yes, yes, yes. That's why they got angry. Cause they're like, who is this woman leading this, you know, brigade of, of angry mothers that, that shouldn't exist in the world. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. and so that's kind of how it was seen. Um, so I think there was that those kind of conversations between us, me saying us saying like, is this worth it? Do we think that the like positives outweigh the negatives? And then also like, what should I do to like pull back and not put our family out there as much? So I did, you know, I made my personal Instagram um, private. I stopped posting any pictures of my kids in my story, which is the only place I'd like every once in a while, a little bit of their faces would show, but I stopped that. Um, and a lot, I now have, I created a subscriber area on Instagram for the really personal kind of stories about Ben and I, I mean, I'm still talking about him in my comics a lot, but like the really personal stuff is, is now behind kind of a paywall. So at least, uh, some of the trolls will hopefully not, not pay. (laughs) No one, no trolls have paid yet that I know of, but you never know how far they'll go. (laughs) I love how that's really smart. I love how you made that conscious decision at that point to be like, I'm still going to keep going for the next level stuff. Like come meet me in this smaller, more intimate space. And I'm still going to be putting out these, these comics, um, for, because this is a hot, this is something that's important. Tori and I were were talking to, we were like, I wonder if like almost not to use the word political, but almost if like political activism was always the goal or it wasn't. And this thing is I, that's what's so funny about this is like, I just started this because like, I felt alone and frustrated. Right. And it was just like, I'm going to share this because I think it's like, you know, I was, I was poking fun at it because it's so ridiculous. And I was just like, is nobody else, does nobody else think this is crazy? Like what we're all expected to do. And so that's kind of where it came from. And these are, t- I mean, it's funny because, you know, I had this blog that I wrote in for 10 years. I'm like, way back before I ever had my comics, like, you know, six years ago when I had my daughter, I wrote a blog post called like the thankless job of being the household manager. And this is like, you know, I've been mm-hmm. a mom for like six months. So this has been something that like, since I had children, I've been like, going on you know so it's always been something I've thought about and talked about I just like never had like a you know big platform to do it so no it was never meant to be a political movement it was more of just like I'm gonna vent and connect with other moms and then I think um you know then as it as I had a bigger audience I just felt like you know I have a responsibility to kind of say more about um what I think is wrong with like <laughs> society and culture and how I think moms and women are um, treated unfairly so that's it's kind of just become that um But the other thing I want to say is that, like, I have also been really moved by the number of dads and men who follow me. And I'm getting, I get lots of messages. I share them every once in a while so people can see. But, like, I get a lot that I don't share of dads writing me being like, hey, I just want you to know your comics have been huge for making me more aware of what my wife's dealing with. Or your your comics have been huge in teaching me how to be a better father or more involved or carry the mental load. Like, so... I do think, you know, it's not like my comics make all men mad. Like there are tons of men who read them and follow me and like really appreciate it or their wife sends them all the comics and it's a way to open a dialogue about something they never thought about. So, you know, I think for, for men who care about equality and who care about doing better, (laughs) my work helps them. It speaks to them, Mm -hmm. you know? So like, although I I it feels silly being like a comic helps, but I think that sometimes you know, just like seeing something laid out really simply helps start that conversation. So, um, you know, it's not like most men are are mean about it. It was, you know, there were trolls who came after me, but there's also like a lot of really, really great guys out there who who get Mm -hmm. it. That's what I was going to say too, is like your comics. Like that's what I did with my husband too. It was like, Hey, can you just look at this? And like, can we have a conversation? Like, what does this say to you? 
And like, it's so helpful to just have that little piece of like, Hey, like this is a, you know, neutral person like yeah. talking about this. Like, like this isn't know. about us. No, <laughs> um, no, but even like, yeah, just like some of those things where like, you feel like I've been asking you to do this. And then all of a sudden there's a comic that you make that's like on point. And you're like, look at this. Like, can we have a conversation now? Because like someone else is like, saying the same thing about their family and their situation. And this is what I've been trying to say, but I can't seem to find a way to say it well. And then you do. And that just makes it like, it's so helpful that like you were just trying to be funny, but you are a total resource now, you know? So that's, it's just so cool. And um, I feel like when you're talking to like one of the things that has helped me from your um, account specifically, and like the things that you share from other people doing a lot of the same work Um, is that all these feelings like that came up for me as a mom when I first had my kid is like it's easy to try to blame your partner for being unequal right but um, really what you know I has helped me has come to my realization like when you're talking about your husband being sort of like I'm just the stand-in because this is an issue um, and that's why he's supportive um, or one of the reasons like it's true that like there's so many things out there that are just systems, right. That are against all of us. It's not like just women, right. It's like, yeah, like it's hard for men to have, you know, to know what it's, what it means to be equal because nobody's helping them either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so it's just sort of like, um, helpful to be like, okay, this is not me versus you. This is like, we need to be on the same team because, society is sort of against us in being successful in this. And so I feel like that was like one of the biggest mind shifts for me that your message like really helped. And when we watched that um, documentary you shared of the fair play, that was like really helpful Um, too. that, that same idea that this is like not me versus my partner. This is not just happening in our house. This is like a big thing. And that's kind of just, over us. That's like keeping us from feeling successful. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Like it's often, it's the, if you know, again, heterosexual relationship, but it's, it's the woman who's feeling like she's drowning. That makes this something that has to be dealt with, but you're right that when that, I think it's, it holds men back just as much. It's just that they're not feeling it in the same debilitating way, but they're feeling it in other ways, you know? And I think you know, like we had my, when I have, whenever my kids are sick, you know, my, my husband is a lawyer and he works um, for the DA's office. And so they they like have to all cover courts. And so there's, it's really hard to take time off because it's like, they have to fill, someone has to fill in. And so, you know, I work for myself, so I'm much, it's much easier for me to like take the day off and, and be with the sick kids. But recently there's been some th- times when I'm like, I need you to take the day off. Like you have to, I have to work today. You have to take the day off. And he's, you know, he's felt like, Oh, I don't know my office. And I've said like, if you were a mom and you called in and said, my kid's sick, I have to stay home, your office would just deal with it. But because you're a dad calling and saying, my kid's sick, I have to stay home, there's a pushback, right, from your office. So for me, like, that's a perfect example of, like, a societal structure that's, like, yes, if a mom calls in and says her kid's sick and she has to stay home, they might be annoyed about it, but they're not going to, like, question it and be like, can't your husband stay home, right? But if a yeah, <laughs> if a dad 100%. calls in, it's like, there is this mentality of like, why isn't your wife staying home with the kid? You know? So I think that there's so many things like that, that our husbands maybe feel like, I think my husband feels that, but until I say to him, like, if you were a mom and you called in with about your kid being sick, they wouldn't think anything of it. Like until I say that, or until someone says that to him, sometimes it doesn't register. And then it's like, wait, that is hurting me too, because now I'm not able to stay home and care for my child. And now I don't know how to do that. So there it is. It's such a big, it's such a big picture issue that it affects moms in a much more negative way, like on a visceral, like day-to-day level. But I think big picture, it's really hurting dads and their relationships with their kids and their ability to feel like competent parents. Yeah. I am hearing this so much. Yeah. Or in families where that role is reversed, where maybe the dad stays home, they have to work with that dynamic too. The mom is still feeling this intense amount of guilt oftentimes for how that role is feeling, even though that's what they chose and that's what they want. And then mm-hmm. the partner, the dad staying home is dealing with that pushback of like, oh, you know, well, like this is different. This is mom's group or, you know, whatever yeah. that looks like. Yeah. It's it's that shows the same inequalities in like a different, just shift the table a little bit. 
right? Yeah. I've had some mm-hmm. dads write to me say like, I'm a stay at home dad. And I feel just as, I feel like the stereotypes are just as harmful and like, people don't take me seriously. They don't think I know what I'm talking about. Yes. Or like I go to the playground with my kid people look at me like I'm a sexual predator, which like yeah. someone <laughs> sent me a whole message about that. And like, you know, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think what I always tell people was like, I believe you. I think this hurts everybody. You know, I'm speaking to the mom's experience because that's all I've had. I, but I hope another dad, I hope a dad will create dad life comics and talk about <laughs> all the shitty stuff that's happening to dads, you know, because I think just as much is hurting them. It's not the same, but it's, it's hurting them in different ways. And they're feeling all these other things that we aren't aware of as dads who are trying to be involved and who are getting pushed back. So I think, you know, I think it's very, I, I, yes, I think it's very, I think it hurts everybody. I really do. And I think that's where people don't understand. Like, I'm just speaking from my perspective, which is from the, uh, you know, a mom's perspective, but this is a whole issue for everybody. And, and frankly, for people who don't have kids, it's an issue too, because our society is just so skewed towards men. So, yeah. Yeah. This is, oh, this is so good. This is so good. I've been getting like goosebumps this whole episode because I'm just like, and that's really good. And that's really good. And- also, I'm sorry. I get very fired up about this. Stuff. Like, it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. You should. Yes. Somebody get fired up to. about it. We'll all get fired up about it. Because yeah. then the next thing is how are we having these conversations in our homes? How are we talking? Like Tori already mentioned, like one thing that I heard and was kind of like, having aha moments about too, as we were all talking is how hard it is for me. I have a very hard time saying anything negative, complaining, nothing. It's hardwired in me to have anything negative to say about my roles, especially as mom. I, everything is bliss, right? I, I love, and I, cause, because we love being moms, we adore it. And there's not really been that safe space to be like, and this is extremely hard and there needs to be help, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and all of our situations are a little bit different too. I've been a solo parent for a really long time off and on. So it's almost like, you know, I got to just get through it. Right. I just got to do it all. I got to take care of the house. I got to get the groceries. I got to make sure everyone has school lunch. I got to make sure the laundry is done or it doesn't get done. And um, bringing that, I was having an aha moment because it was like that spills over into other areas of my life where if there's something challenging at work, I don't always speak up to say, this is, I don't like this. I don't feel fairly treated because in my home life, I don't feel like I'm like, no, I just, I just got to deal with it. So everywhere, that's, that's why I do. <laughs> I just got to deal with it. So when Tori said, you know, you have that, ner- that you can, all, your posts can almost serve as this neutral third party to bring up a conversation topic reminded me that you're giving a voice to people who maybe didn't know how to speak it out. And it's in this very approachable way, like I know Tori mentioned. So that all that to say, just kind of make some more connections with people listening and like, find yourself in this story, find the connection points. Where are you maybe not speaking up? Where are you not eating the damn peach? Where are you not opening up some of these more questions? Where are you maybe not allowing yourself to feel that this is hard or a little bit imbalanced? If you're, if you're me, like, can I, I don't even know how to have this conversation, but then to bring it up in a way, like, like you said, like, let's just talk about it. This isn't a slam on either partner. This is systemic. Mm-hmm. So how are these conversations? Do you have any tips for for people listening? Like, where do we go from here? What are some kind of conversation starters to talk about? Yeah, well, I mean, so Tori mentioned Fair Play, which is a, a book and a, for people who have kind of the household inequality issue. Um, it's by Eva Rodkey. She also is great to follow on Instagram um, or Fair Play is great to follow too. But um, it is, it's kind of the modern day. It's the, it's the best like solution that I've, come across at this point for really trying to level the playing field. It takes work. It's not easy. It's not like just do these three things and everything will be even. Like you have to like really have a partner who buys into it and you have to like really divide things up. And um in all honesty, like my husband and I haven't actually done we have the cards. We're gonna do it, but who has time to actually divide everything up? Um but it's a plan for us. I I, I believe in it. I think the system probably really does work and I've heard a lot of great feedback. So I think that's one place to start. Um you know I think a lot of this, like you all have already mentioned, a lot of it is just like opening the dialogue, like, hey, this keeps happening. What can we do to change it? Or like 
just asking for what you need. I mean, it's like, you know, it's kind of a big joke when it's like, just tell me what, what I can do and I'll do it. And like, of course, that's a really annoying thing. But I do think there is some truth to that of like, not just saying do this one little minuscule thing right now, but like, I need you to be in charge of the this big thing that I'm handling right now and can't do anymore, right? So I think there there has to be some initiative. And, you know, it, it sucks because I, I feel like it's like more work for women, right? Like whether this is happening in your office or in your house, like actually having to delegate, actually having to say, look, this isn't working for me. We're going to change how we do things. It's just more work for an already exhausted woman. So I hate that about all the solutions. I I don't, you know, but right now there's no, there's no solution out there. That's like, your husband's going to take the lead on this one. Like it's just not because the person who, unfortunately throughout history, the person who feels like they're being mistreated or the person who is being held back has to be the one to stand up for themselves and speak up and make the change. Because obviously the people who are benefiting from oppression, and I say that, you know, very kindly not saying our husbands are oppressing us or that men are, you know, but like it's, it's happening in our society to women, not purposely, but it is, you know, not purposely in in our individual relationships, but like the person who's doing the oppressing is never going to be the one to make the change because they're benefiting. Right. So like, unfortunately, I think right now, if you want these changes to happen in your household or in your workplace, like you have to be the one to speak up, which sucks, but I think that's just the reality of it. Um, but I also will say like my husband and I do couples therapy, you know? Um, so I don't put that on the Instagram because I feel like the trolls would just go insane with it, you know, but I tell people individually, anytime someone messages me and is like, how are you working through this? I'm like, oh, we're in therapy (laughs) because I truly, and we have been on and off at different times, but like, I truly believe that communication, especially in long-term relationships. I mean, we've been together for 18 years. Like we have a lot of stuff, you know, we have a lot of ingrained patterns that aren't great in our communication. Um, I think you got to get outside help. It could be a coach. It could be, you know, someone at your church. It could be whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be a therapist, but I think, I mean, there's also these fair play facilitators, right? All these people who now are trained in this fair play method to help people go through, um, splitting up household, you know, uh, expectations. So, so there's lots of ways to do it, but I do think sometimes having a third party come in and help you learn how to communicate around these things that are really big triggers for both of you, um, is helpful. And so I always recommend that people too. I mean, I know it can be hard to get everybody on board, but, um, you know, my dad's a therapist, my late stepmom was a therapist. I've gone to therapy my whole life. Like I'm just a huge believer in therapy. So if I have an issue, I'm like therapy, here we come. Um, so I always recommend that. That's great. Corey and I are both psych psych majors over here headed toward licensorship. So So you appreciate that. (laughs) This is like therapyville right here. Good. No wonder you're both such great communicators. I get it. it. (laughs) That's right. It's what we do professionally. Yes. Yes. I can never run a therapy. So yes, I believe in what you're doing for sure. (laughs) That's awesome. I kind of want to just touch really quick on like um, the response to watching fair play that might be a little different. And I don't know, like your relationship also sounds similar to ours that it was equal before kids. Right. But so there, there are people that don't have that. Right. And, but coming from that um, background um, and feeling like, like my husband felt like he was being equal, right. He felt that way. So he didn't really understand like why I didn't feel that. And so then when we watched the documentary, even he was like, I mean, that was good, but he wasn't like, aha, like my life has changed. Right. He was like, I get it, but I also feel like I am doing that, you know? And so he, so it was a conversation for us to also kind of take a step back and be like, okay, what's really happening. And then for us, it didn't end up necessarily being, we need to like write all this down and split these household chores, like evenly, it didn't end up being that for us, for us, it ended up being like, Oh, like we just need to be on the same team. Like we just need to, um, not be against each other. And really what it comes down to more so was like the overall big picture mindset for us. And so like, we, neither of us wanted to do that. Like, let's divide all these little things. Like that didn't feel good to us. And for some people, I think that's a really important place to start. Um, but I think like just to like provide a different perspective that this might be your experience that, you know, maybe it's just more so that you need to just stop nagging at each other or, you know, like blaming each other and see that if you aren't together, you're never going to get there. Like you're just never going to be successful in it or feel good about it or feel heard. And that for me, like 
just watching that and, and your comics and different things, it was like, it's all just, I just want to be heard. Like, yes. I just want and seen somebody and seen. to see me <laughs> yeah, to see that this is a struggle. And once it was like, I felt seen by my partner, I could care less if you do yes. the dishes, you know what I mean? So it was sort of more that than it was the tasks. So I think like just coming to that. And I think therapy is so good for that type of shift as well. Of just like, it's more that you just want somebody to see that you're having a hard time. Yeah. And I just want someone to say like, Hey, that's okay. I noticed you did eight loads of laundry this week. Yeah. We're keeping our kids clothes, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Cause I, and then you're like, exactly. okay, as long as you see what I'm doing, that, that makes, that goes so far. Yeah. yeah you're totally I'm right. happy to do the eight loads. If you yeah. just tell me that you see that it's hard. Like, Maybe not that's... happy, but I will do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you might not be happy, Tori. I'm, not I'm okay with it. laundry. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But also, yeah. And just to all the, you know, partners and moms who feel like overlooked, you know, it is really important to, to speak up and say like, this is really hard for me. Like I might look like I'm handling this really well, but this, I feel like I'm drowning and I need some help. And I just want you to know that that's happening. And even if you don't have some specific thing that you can say, that's like, I need you to do this. You know, if you don't have that, that's okay. Like it's still important for you to speak up and say, this is hard. Yeah. So thank you for providing that yeah. encouragement yeah. towards that. Cause that's like so important. Yeah. Tori, you and I were just on the phone with each other, like this last week talking about that. Yes. We're like, I'm just going to scream about this for a second. <laughs> Nobody needs to fix it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, and I think there That's is a lot of that. Seen. There's a lot of that. Like, I'm yeah. not asking my husband to do everything. I'm not right. saying that. I'm not saying you even right. have to do half, but you need right. to appreciate what I'm doing. Yeah. And also when you see me losing my mind, step in, you know, like that's yeah. the starting That's where you start, you know? And I think yeah. that in a lot of couples, there's not even that. But again, I think it's because of the awareness that you just mentioned. Like yeah. I think some people just aren't even aware of, of how much um, the woman is carrying. And you don't lose your mind as much as you ever do until you become a mom. And then you, <laughs> you lose your mind way more than your partner ever <laughs> yeah. saw you before. You thought you <laughs> knew what losing your mind you was, but you had you no do. idea. Yeah. So that part's also really hard because you're like, who are you? You're a different person. But you're like, I've never had to deal with all this before. So obviously like I'm not the same. Right. So, yes. yeah. yeah. And as they get older too, right. Mary Catherine, like the losing your mind looks different. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it will always be, always be evolving. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. this is kind of funny observation, but I just feel like, I don't know about you guys, but almost like my insides like feeling so calm because we're all three mothers feeling so seen right now with each other. And I'm sure that, you know, these conversation topics, I know that some people listening may be feeling like some sharp anxiety right now, or they may be feeling, um, they may be feeling seen and calm right now, or they may be feeling action oriented, like, great. Now, like, this is exciting. I have something to kind of like funnel some of these conversation topics or for some listeners. Yeah. They may be feeling like almost feeling the controversy of yeah. like, I don't know how I feel about this. And I don't know, you know, heaven forbid I ever complain or ask for equality in these roles because this is my job, you know? So I have just so much encouragement for you listeners. If you're feeling some anxiety, that's okay. Breathe through it. And, and do bring up these conversation topics and maybe then you'll find that even just talking about it and bringing it to the table, you don't have necessarily have to solve anything, just bringing it to the table and having, this is, this is how it is. I love, I love conversations where you can go to your partner or your best friend or anybody around you. Hey, also, if you are a, a parent who does not have a partner by your side for this, okay. I want you guys to hear me right now to go to a best friend, somebody you trust and say, I don't need you to fix this for me right now, but I just need you to see me just listen and say, yes, that does sound really hard. That's like so therapeutic 
And that's all you need to do. So I just need to throw that out there for because yeah. I know somebody listening right now needed me to say that. Yeah. And also um, I want to say, like, I know that this experience is not everybody's experience. I'm so glad that some people don't have these issues. Like that is awesome. And so if you don't have these issues, I'm happy for you. And I I think that's wonderful. But that doesn't negate the fact that a lot of people do have this issue. You know, so I get a lot of comments of people being like, what's wrong with all of you? You should leave your husbands. And it's like, it's so great that this isn't a dynamic in your household. Wonderful. That doesn't take away from the fact that for a lot of people, this is very true. And it doesn't mean that they have horrible husbands and they should be divorced. Like there's a lot of other factors at play. And then also like if, if you hear us talking and they're like this, I don't even know what they're talking about. Like everyone's experience is different. So I'm really, I just want I always want to say this, but like, I'm speaking about my experience, which has just so happened to resonate with a lot of people, but there are so many different experiences in this world, you know? And I think what's interesting about my experience is that it is, it, that it's not like a, I thought it was like a middle-class U.S. based mom problem. And what I'm finding is like, it's no, there's moms in Botswana who have the same issue. There's moms in Germany who have the same issue. There's moms writing to me from the Philippines who have the same issue. Like it doesn't really, this has no, like, there's no like geographical border for these kind of issues. Um, I mean, I've had people in like over 40 or 50 countries write to me being like, Hey, me too. And this is what's happened in my, you know, doesn't matter where you're from. So I just want to say like, if this doesn't speak to you, that's fine, but it is there is no doubt about it. This is an issue in many, many places and in many households, you know, yes. but it's not in everyone. So um, I don't know. I just feel like that needs to be said because it is, it, you know, it's not universal, but it's way more common than I think anyone knows. I, I love that. It's global. Yeah. <laughs> it's a global problem. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you are doing some amazing work. And I know that we've both noticed recently too, just you're speaking up in so many ways and you are giving a voice. And I just keep coming back to that phrase of you're giving a voice and to people who didn't maybe realize that they needed to be able to speak up, you're giving that voice and the opportunity to speak. And just, I think you're going to go far. What's next from here? Like, where do you go from here? Where do you want to go from here? One day at a time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I've got an agent and like, we're working on some kind of book stuff. So that's a, a dream and a hope for the future. Although, you know, it's too early to say really what will happen with that. Um, but I really just want to kind of keep, keep doing what I'm doing, keep speaking to people I'm speaking to. And, um, I don't know, just kind of see, I mean, you know, I also like, I, I have a day job as a graphic designer and I have two young children <laughs> and, um, you know, like, life. And, and I, I have a lot of great friends I try to see, and I try to go on dates with my husband. Like there's also just the reality of like, I'm just trying to like get through each day and, and enjoy things. So, um, you know, I have a lot of great big grand dreams for all of this, but I also just like want to be a a person in the world enjoying my life. So trying to find that, Mm -hmm. I don't even like the word balance, but trying to find that journey, (laughs) whatever that looks like. (laughs) I love that. I love that. You're just here for it. Whatever comes. Yeah. I mean, I'm working hard. I'm doing a lot, but like, I'm also trying not to get totally obsessed with like a goal and just, you know, mm. let it be what it is because, um, that's always, that's hard for me. And that's what I need to do. And that's what I need to work on being I present. That's amazing. That's amazing. Nice. Yeah. And everybody listening to, you do have this subscription. We've mentioned it a couple of times on this episode, but, um, talk a little bit about what you're doing in there so that if people want to hop in, they can. Yeah. Well, so Instagram subscriptions are like a newer thing. Um, and they're really just a way for people who are creating a lot of content to um, have kind of a special area, like I said, for maybe content that they don't want the whole world to have access to, but also um, a way to make money, right? Because a lot of us, you know, you think like you see someone has like a bunch of followers and you're like, oh, they must be rolling in. And like, the reality is I make $0 off of my Instagram, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I sell products and that helps, but like, so it's it's also just a nice way for people who are really appreciating your content to kind of give back a little bit and then also like, um, interact with you more and and interact with your community in a different way. So it's $4.99 a month. It's just a little, um, kind of separate feed for people who want to, to, to be a part of the mom life comics world in a little bit, um, deeper way and also support my work. But, um, no matter whether people subscribe or not, I'm just happy that people are here and part of the conversation. And, um, it's just been really fulfilling for me. So that's, that's really what I care about most. (laughs) Awesome. So we'll link where you can follow Mary Catherine in the show notes. 
Of course, if you're listening to this episode, we would love it if you would share it on Instagram, share the message, let people know not only about the podcast, but also more about Mom Life Comics and Mary Catherine Starr. That would be amazing. This conversation has just been magical. It's been it's been challenging. It's been satisfying. It's been healing. It's been all the things, right? So just thank you so, so deeply from the bottom of my heart for coming on and sharing your story sharing how you have worked through so many of these things. There's just so many nuggets, all the nuggets. <laughs> and everyone's going to be walking away with so many nuggets. I'm so excited. Well, thank you all. I really, this is such a good fun conversation for me. And um, thank you both for kind of following along mm-hmm. and for getting it and for being supportive through kind of all the ups and downs of this. I really appreciate it. We're here for it. We, we're <laughs> yes. here for it. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And thanks for what awesome. you're doing with this podcast. It's really great. And I'm glad you're putting it out there. 